always count. I can always count on the Guthrie's. Okay, we're gonna bring it back together. <laughs> All right, how we feeling? How we doing? Good. In touch with our feelings? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, so, like I said, we're gonna be talking about goodness. Uh, this morning, and, and I'm really excited because this is something I believe in, but I know it has some complications, and I would love to have a conversation um, with you all this morning about that. So um, we're going to read just the very end of Genesis 1. If you remember um, back in Genesis, someone's whoop for Genesis? <laughs> I love it here. Um, back in January, not this one, the one before, we started, we did... Um, and we were going through the first five books of the Bible for the entire year, and we only made it to Exodus, which is hilarious. But we did a whole Genesis series, and there's a lot on there, and I would encourage you, if you're interested, to go look up. We're just going to kind of tack on the bottom. So God saw all that God had made, and it was very good. There was evening, there was morning, the sixth day. This is up. Okay, this is just the very end. Uh, but the whole Genesis 1 is all about creation. And right before uh, this uh, verse is when God creates uh, humankind. And so the first, the very first thing that we hear about humankind is that we are good. Um, and we talked a lot about that when we were going in Genesis because a lot of us got a story about humankind that we were bad, right? Um, we heard things like original sin. We heard things like we are just depraved and we are bad. Um, but the reality is that the story starts in Genesis 1, and the story starts with original goodness. The story starts as humankind being good. And I fundamentally believe that humans are good, that humanity is good, that people are good. Um, and that's just a truth that uh, I live my life by. It's a truth that I find um, in these stories and in the things that we read and in Scripture. And it's very true to me, but it's not always factual, Right? And so this morning I want to talk a little bit about truth and facts, right? Because sometimes something is true even though it's not factual, and here's what I mean by that, right? We find truth sometimes in stories and mythology and things that we know aren't factual, but they're the true things that we experience. Um, here's an example. Last winter, um, or maybe two winters ago, three winters ago, sometime between 2019 and now, um, <coughs> A movie came out. It was a lesbian rom-com. And now you already know what I'm talking about because they literally gave us one. And um, <laughs> it was Kristen Stewart and another person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love it here. And um, it was called Happiest Season, although it wasn't the happiest movie. And uh, so here's the premise of the movie, right? Um, there's a couple, these two women, they're dating. One of them hasn't told her family yet right, that she's uh, dating a woman, takes uh, Kristen Stewart home, right, even though her parents don't know, <laughs> shady, and then, um, you know, chaos ensues, and then she kind of gets outed, and then they break up, and then anyways, there's this scene where the girlfriend, who's not Kirsten, Kristen Stewart, could have looked her name up before I started, <laughs> but I had a lot of things to memorize, and um, 
they, like, break up, and she's just like, I can't do this. And so she's, like, in, like, her childhood home, and she, like, has this, like, breakdown. And I boo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo cried. Like, I literally boo-hoo-hoo cried at that scene because something not so uh, different happened to me and my wife when we were closeted. And she was like, I just can't do this anymore. If you're not going to be out, like, we, we can't be together. And I just, that feeling hit me, and I sobbed. And that was, like, the truest thing ever. But that's not factual thing. She, they weren't in a relationship. That's not her childhood home. That's not even her real family. They're all actors, okay? <laughs> um, none of it was real. And that's what I mean by something being true even when it's not factual. Stories, mythologies, these things are true to us even when they're not factual. In Moby Dick, at the very beginning of the book, when the, oh, I'm so bad with characters' names, the main man is, he's sleeping. And, uh, what did, did someone say? Ahab, yes, exactly. Ahab, and he's sleeping, and he's, it's, he's in New England, and it's winter, um, and he's sleeping outside, and he writes about how he found that if he keeps his nose or his toes outside of the blanket, uh, it helps him to feel warm, Right? That's true in the sense that what he's writing is to feel warmth, you must expose yourself to a little bit of cold. To feel joy, you must experience a little bit of pain, that there's this dichotomy that exists within humanity. And it was just the true, one of the truest things I've ever read of like, oh, that hit me in such a true way. But that is not factual. If you are sleeping outside in New England in the winter, you better cover everything up. No toes, no nose can be exposed. Do you all see what I mean? There's truth in story, there's truth, mythology, there's truth in experiences, there's truth in something that's not always factual. Okay, so let me make it even more complicated for you this morning. I'm going to require some participation. Are we good? Yeah, okay. All right, so if you can, take your finger, your hand, point it to the ceiling. Don't look too closely or you will start to panic thinking that these tiles may fall on you at any time. I cannot confirm nor deny whether or not that's true. So we're going to go through this quickly. Um, so I'm going to point Pick a point at the ceiling, like on the ceiling, and that is the 12. And then I want you to rotate your finger clockwise. So you're going 12, 1, 2, 3, all the way. You're making a clockwise. You're making a good circle. Everyone got it? We're doing a good circle clockwise. Okay, now I keep spinning. Keep doing everything the same, but start lowering your finger. Just bring your finger down a little bit. Keep bringing it down all the way until it's under your chin. And I want you to take a little gander. Which way is that finger spinning? It's called magic. Uh, no, we're gonna. All right, we're gonna do it one more time. We're gonna do it one more time. We're gonna, we're gonna point at the sky. We got this. We got this. We're pointing at the ceiling. We're going clockwise. We're going 12, 1, 2, 3, 4. We're going all the way, exactly clockwise. Don't change a thing. Don't change a thing. You just move that little finger. Just bring, keep spinning. Bring it all the way down. Don't change a thing. Don't change a thing. And look down. Which way is it spinning? Hey, I know, I know. A little bit of witchcraft on a Sunday. The thing is, which, if I was to ask you, which one of those is right? Which one of those is the fact? Oh, we're doing that? <laughs> we're having multiple facts? <laughs> it gets complicated, right? The reality is all of that relied on your perspective 
All of that relied on what you were looking. The truth of our experience rests so much in where we put our perspective and where we are looking. And by the way, it's worth noting, since we are in Black History Month, sometimes that is a really good analogy to think about when someone brings up the reality that there's an entire truth and there's an entire reality that maybe you've never heard of. And so when they say something like, hey, it's really racist here, and you're like, no, it's not. Maybe you're just looking up. Right? Um, and that's a reality. And when someone says, like, hey, this is my experience as a trans person, you're like, no, it's not. Maybe you're just looking up. Right? And so there is a world in where our entire reality and everything that we know to be true, we say, it's clockwise. It is clockwise. I know that for a fact that is a factual thing. It's not. That's just the way you're looking. Right? It's important as we navigate and we understand what it means to be a part of this world because there are a lot of complications with things that we believe in or we want to be true or that we experience or we know that our own experiences are limited. And so when we talk about the goodness of people, here's what I believe to be true. People are good. People are inherently fundamentally good. And they do bad things. And I always like to think about, okay, the truth of the story I believe in is that people are good. I'm looking up. This is the way, the perspective that I want to see the world. And people do really bad things. We don't use original sin here. We don't talk about original sin. But words like sin are still really important. Because if, listen, who knows a person who's done a bad thing? You don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> but <yeah. coughs> Who is a person who's done a bad thing, right? Um, and so... Believing in the goodness of people does not dismiss and excuse people's bad behavior. The re Listen, the reason we're in Black History Month, the reason we have a Black History Month is because people have been acting up, okay? Um, and that is a real thing that we need to address. But there's a way, even in experiencing people and their bad behavior, that we hold on to the truth. Even when the facts don't line up, we stay so committed to the truth of the reality of the story that we believe in that people are good. And there are so many leaders in history that I personally admire, that I learn from, who somehow, even in the face of, like, undeniable bad behavior and really things going badly, said, I'm still committed to this idea that people are good. And that doesn't mean I excuse all the bad behavior. That means that changes the way that I fight against the bad behavior. That changes the way that I engage with the bad behavior. That changes the way that I experience people. I, um, there's a quote by Martin Luther King Jr., you all probably know it. It says, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. Saying, like, there's a lot of things going on here, but what I'm committed to is this perspective and this truth that people are good, that in the end we are working towards good, right? These are some of my favorite um, <coughs> quotes by some of my favorite people. Fannie Lou Hamer. Oh, if you do not know this woman, know this woman. Um, she says, I feel sorry for anybody that could let hate wrap them up. Ain't no such thing as I can hate anybody and hope to see God's face. Bayard Rustin said, to be afraid is to behave as if the truth were not true. Audre Lorde said, the sharing of joy, whether physical, emotional, psychic, or intellectual, forms a bridge between the sharers, which can be the basis for understanding much of what is not shared between them, and lessens the threat of their difference. Never give up, oh, that's my man, RIP. Never give up, never give in, never become hostile. Hate is too big a burden to bear. You have to be optimistic in order to continue to move forward. There's so much truth in the leaders that I have watched, that I have followed, that I have learned from, who have said, oh, what I'm not gonna do is ignore 
people doing bad things. What I'm not going to do is ignore the sin in the world. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go straight for it because I believe in a better way. And our participation in believing that people are good doesn't mean that we roll over and we don't do anything and we don't address injustice. Our belief that people are good means our participation in an ancient tradition which says, I think that the best way forward to humanity is to bring out the goodness, is to use that two way forward to justice and healing and wholeness and transformation in the world. It's one of the most ancient participations that we can be in is to believe that there is good in the world, to believe that there is good in people, to believe the truth even when the facts may not say the same thing. That's an incredibly hard thing to do. I remember there was a time in my um, spiritual journey, we'll call it, um, where I was like being really like, um, what's the word? Just getting a lot of questions about resurrection. I don't know why. I felt like there was like a season where everyone was like, I really need to know where you stand on resurrection. Um, which looking back is like kind of funny. Um, but maybe you're in that place and it's okay. You can ask me how I stand about resurrection. I'm about to tell you actually. So, um, <coughs> And I remember like low-key like losing sleep being like, what, what do I think about resurrection? Is it, uh, did it, is it literal? Is it metaphor? Did it really happen? Did it not happen? Is it a story we're supposed to participate in? Like really going through it and reading all of these things until finally realizing, for me personally, I don't, I don't care. And not that I don't care whether or not it happened. The facts of it aren't as important as the truth of it to me. The facts of whether or not 2,000 years ago Jesus literally or metaphorically died and rose again doesn't impact the truth that resurrection is literally the truest thing I know in my entire life. Resurrection is the truth. There has been joy after pain. There has been freedom after fear. I have woken up after every hard day that I thought maybe I wouldn't. I have experienced resurrection. It's the truest thing. I don't need to know whether or not it was factual. It's true, right? And sometimes, I think especially now, we can get so overloaded in the facts, with the facts, I'm not saying they're not important, but our commitment to knowing and understanding what we believe to be true is our guiding light in how we respond to those facts and how we interact with those facts, and how we deal with those realities. It's our commitment to what we say. This is the story that I believe in. My, my core commitment to resurrection changes the way that I deal with pain. It doesn't change whether or not I have to. It changes the way that I do. My commitment to people being good and believing in the goodness of people, it doesn't change whether or not I have to deal with bad behavior. It changes the way I deal with bad behavior. The reality is I believe people are good and they do bad things. I believe I'm good, and I've done bad things. And as much as I wanna be, I'm probably not done. <laughs> Maybe less intentional. Um, Values that you're good. That does not excuse you from doing bad things. But how does your belief in your own goodness change the way you even deal with your own bad behavior? Bad behavior is such a funny phrase that I just decided to use. Um, feels better than like original sin. <laughs> um, you know, it was like very special to hear William talk about his experience in writing that song, and that song was so beautiful. 
Because we all know what it feels like to mess up. We all know what it feels like to, like, you have been on this world long enough, every single one of you, that you have been hurt and you have hurt someone. That you have been wounded and you have wounded. And our response to those things depends greatly on what we believe to be true about ourselves and about the people around us. And in the unity prayer this morning when Johnny was saying, if you can believe something to be true about you, that is your first step to believing it to be true about someone else. And that is the second step on a long set of steps to believing it to be true even about your enemy. Again, not to say that we don't stand up for what is right, that we don't fight for justice, but this ancient tradition and the story and the truth that we have and we believe in says we're going to choose to do it in a way that is ultimately going to bring more healing first to ourselves and then to the people around us. We all know the difference, like uh, Brene Brown says, the difference between guilt and shame is I did something bad and I am bad. And that is a fine line. I've done some things where I'm like, I don't, you ever just like not like yourself? <laughs> you ever just do something and you're like, I don't deserve a good thing. I, this was bad. I messed up. I hurt someone. Recovering from, uh, it is easier, okay, now I'm just, I need to, I'm going to come back to you. But I, it is so much easier for me, I don't know if you can relate, to like acknowledge that someone was hurting and maybe they did something that hurt me. And like I can move through that. But you ever been the one who did the hurting? Mm. Mm-mm. I'm <laughs> still not over. Now we're just welcome to my therapy session. But the truth of the goodness of who we are as people has to be true about me. If I ever want it to be true about everyone. And for where I want to go in the world, for the people I want to follow, for the way I want to model my life, it has to be true about everyone. Which means it has to be true about me, which means I have to do that work. That means the facts can be the facts, but the truth is something I could focus on and come back to and say, although these things may happen, Although these things are real, this is the ancient tradition and story and narrative and the reason that we come back here week after week and we read these scriptures and we tell these stories is because we, th- we believe that they have something for us today. And what they have for us today is a way forward. And what we desperately need today is a way forward. And that way forward includes ourselves and includes the people around us. And believing in the goodness, although I would want it to just say like, yeah, people are good and that's, that's that and that's simple. No, people are good and they act up. And we're good, and we act up, and the facts get really complicated, but I'm choosing um, to just stay committed to that truth uh, because I believe it to be true because I've seen it and I've experienced it. Yeah, that's the end. Um, With that, you're going to grab the same three or four people um, around you, and how can various identities and the biblical texts used to... I don't think that is the (laughs) – it feels unrelated. And um, upon further reflection, um, (laughs) yeah, you know what? You're going to grab three or four people around you and just talk about what is on your mind right now. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? Okay, enjoy. Enjoy.